pray for God's blessing on His Word. Lord, You are the audience today of our worship. We bow before You because of the work that You have done for us in Christ. And we thank You that You never leave us nor forsake us, but that You have great purposes for Your people, that You desire to build us up in Christ, and that You desire to protect us along the way as we are on the journey to glory. We pray this morning that You would equip us with Your Word to that end. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture passage today is Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20, and you'll find that on page 979 of the Pew Bible. Uh, if you're keeping score, uh, do not worry, I do know what time it is. Um, uh, I know that we're going to have an abbreviated sermon this morning, um, but in, in fact I'm only going to read actually verses 10 through 13 this morning because we're going to be studying this section for the next three weeks. Uh, I do also have a challenge for us. You may have noticed in the announcements that the last announcement was a scripture memory challenge. This is a very important passage in the scriptures because we are in a battle, a spiritual battle, and we need to be equipped with the truth of God's word. And so what I would like to do is put out the challenge to our whole congregation that over the next three weeks time, that together we would memorize these verses, Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 20, so that as we are seeking to uh, engage in the spiritual battle that we are engaged in in this life, that we would be equipped with this particular passage so that we would stand firm for Christ. Well, let me read for us here, beginning in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the, day, in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. You may remember from the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, how four children ended up into Narnia, this magical land. And after coming into the land, they at first were a little bit overwhelmed. It's an enchanting and beautiful place. And then they realized that Narnia wasn't just an enchanting and beautiful place, but rather it was a place embroiled in conflict where the white witch ruled and reigned and always made it winter, but never Christmas. And she was fighting against Aslan, the great Lion King. And after they discovered this, somewhere along their journey, they came across Father Christmas. And Father Christmas is the one who gave them presents. Very unlike the kind of presents that you give to your children on Christmas morning. These were real swords and real shields, real bow and arrow, real daggers, things of that nature. Because they needed to be equipped for the battle. And you and I are in a battle. The book of Ephesians opened in chapter 1. If you recall, uh, several months ago, we saw how Paul addresses the saints who are in Ephesus, who are faithful in Christ Jesus. They are living in two realms at the same time, just like you and I live in two realms at the same time. We live in Jesus with all the spiritual blessings that come along with 
the blessings of Christ and His Gospel. But we also live not in Ephesus, but we live in Hendersonville, or at least the surrounding region. In other words, we live in Christ, but we live in a fallen world as well. A world that is under the sway of the enemy, Satan himself. A world in which there are great attacks that come against Christians. And so we need to be those people who are prepared, Paul says, for this battle. He's outlined all the great blessings that we have in Jesus. And He's called us to holy living. And now He's going to warn us that there will be attacks that come against us and we must be prepared and we must be equipped for those. Otherwise, we will be on that long list of casualties that the Christian church has strewn with throughout the ages. Some great men and some great women who at one time stood strong for Jesus, but then at some point along the way, the enemy came and tempted them to sin, and they fell. We need to be prepared. Let me say three things very quickly from this text this morning. First, our battle. He says here in verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. He says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We do not. It is our battle. And why is it our battle? Because it's primarily God's battle. God has been engaged in warfare from the very beginning. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit because the serpent tempted them, God declared from then on there would be enmity between His people with the forces of heaven, and enmity with the forces of darkness. Those who are in league with Satan. And so we are wrestling, Paul says. Because if it's Jesus' battle, then it's our battle too. Jesus warned His disciples the night that He was arrested, if the world hates you, know that it hated Me first. And because you are Mine, you will be hated You're a marked person, whether you know it or not. You're marked by Satan. He wants to find you. He wants to destroy you. It is the battle that we are engaged in. And we need to know this. One, it's an ongoing battle. It's an ongoing battle. It started in Genesis chapter 3. All of the Old Testament battles that we see, battles that David fought, battles that the kings fought, All of those are mere physical examples, representations of a greater cosmic battle that's taking place. Taking place even today, even if we do not understand it and do not recognize it. And one of the things that we need to recognize is we can never get to the point where we simply take it easy spiritually. We can never get to that point because when we do, we open ourselves up to attack. In fact, you might say that what we have done over the past week has opened us up to even greater attack. Because whenever the kingdom of God advances, the kingdom of darkness does not like it. Think of what happened in Ephesus. Remember earlier on in our studies, we we saw how when the gospel was advancing in Ephesus, what happened? Demetrius the silversmith gathered together all the other silversmiths and said, now wait a minute. These Christians are eating into our profits because we're no longer selling selling as many idols anymore. Because people are coming to know Jesus. 
And they began to rebel against it. Why? Because the kingdom of light is advancing. Every soldier, and I'm not a soldier, but every soldier I'm sure is trained at some point, do not give up your position until absolutely necessary. Friends, we've given up our position. The enemy knows where we are. We're on his radar screen. And because of that, the thing that we need to do now is to be even more vigilant than ever before. God has blessed us. God has richly poured out His mercies upon us. There have been so many both physical and spiritual blessings that we have enjoyed over the years. Because of that, the enemy wants to bring us down. So we need to know that this is an ongoing battle each and every day. But it's also, we need to know, a spiritual battle. That's what he says. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil. It's a spiritual battle. And that's so important for us to know because so often we want to fight our battles merely on the physical level, merely on the financial level, Merely on the social level. We look at the various problems that we face and we say, I'm in a financial difficulty here. I'm in a vocational difficulty here. My, my job seems to be going poorly. Things aren't right at home. I have struggle with my friends. And we look at those things as being merely earthly problems. And they're not merely earthly problems. Because the enemy uses those things against us. And unless we are vigilant, unless we recognize that we're in a spiritual battle, then we will actually try to use mere earthly means to fight. And what Paul gives us here is words that say this is a spiritual battle that needs spiritual resources. And we'll come back to what those resources are, but we need to know that we are in this battle. Secondly, not only win the battle, we need to know our enemy. We have an enemy. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We need to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. He is the one who wants to trip us up and he is a schemer. From the very beginning, you saw it in the Garden of Eden when he came to Eve. And he took what was true and gave a slight twist to it. So that now they believe his lie over God's truth. He's a schemer. Now the Bible doesn't tell us all of his schemes. It does give us some indications though. Think about some of the ways that Satan is referred to in the Bible. He's the deceiver, isn't he? He wants to tell you things like, you're really, you're really a pretty good person, aren't you? And he wants you to believe that. that. You're really great that you begin to believe your own press or what other people think about you. So much so that your faith in Jesus begins to diminish. That you're no longer trusting in His Gospel, but you begin to trust in your own works. Or sometimes He'll come along and tell you just the opposite. You're so sinful, there's no way you could be loved by God. He also wants to tell you things like, you are the only one. You're the only one who struggles with this. Don't tear, they'll tear, dare tell anybody else. Because if you tell somebody else, then they'll know what you're really like. 
It's the divide and conquer mentality. And that's what he seeks to do. So that if he can separate us off from the rest of the flock and convince us that our sin is worse than anybody else and that if I dare tell anybody else my struggle and have them pray for me, then I'll be kicked out of the fold. Friends, he's the deceiver who wants to deceive you. But he's also the accuser or the slanderer as well. He wants to slander the name of Jesus. Jesus isn't that good to you, is he? Look at what he is withholding from you. Look at what your neighbor has that you could have if only you would seek after it. He's also the destroyer. He wants to destroy the peace of the church. He wants to destroy the peace of your family. He wants to destroy every kind of relationship that is God-honoring, that is filled with joy and with happiness. And one of the things that takes place in the church or in any body of believers when Satan comes along and begins to tempt someone else is all of a sudden something begins to fester and it's never dealt with. And before long, there's an explosion when that explosion takes place, the church no longer has peace. And so we have this enemy who's a schemer. But finally this, and we'll close with this point. What is our strength? We have a Savior. We're told here in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And in verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. We're to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Power is a theme throughout the book of Ephesians. We saw it in the very beginning. Verse 11 of chapter 1, how God works all things according to the counsel of His will. Nothing in this world happens without the will of the Lord. Not only that, we saw how we were dead in sin, but what did God do? Being rich in mercy even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Power to raise the dead. Power to bring together Jew and Gentile into one people. Power to bring people from every tribe and tongue together into one community. Power to make us holy like His own Son. That's the kind of power that's at work in the world and that is at work in you. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in His might. We're going to talk a little bit more over the next couple of weeks what that looks like and how we put on this whole armor of God that he speaks of. But know today you have a Savior who will protect you who will guard and keep you, and who calls you to look upon Him. I have young children, some of which who are still afraid of the dark. And they call out for mom or dad. You know what that's like if you're a parent. Children call out for mom and dad. And when they're all by themselves in the dark, they're afraid. But when mom and dad are present, all things are fine. There's no more boogeyman under the carpet or under the, uh, under the bed. When we stand in the Lord and we are with Him, nothing can touch us. So be strong in His might. Let's pray.
Our Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have sent Jesus to us and that He continually guards and keeps us. We thank You that He has given us armor which, with which we are to be protected. And we pray that as we go out today, we would be mindful of this great battle. We would be aware of the schemes of our enemy, but we would know that the power of our Savior is even greater. For He came back from the dead, conquered death, conquered Satan, conquered sin, And He continually lives to intercede for us. And we entrust ourselves to Him. In Jesus' name, Amen.